The Hebrew writer said in Hebrews 9.27 that it is appointed for men to die once, but after this, the judgment. There is a time that we will find ourselves departing from this earth unless the Lord comes back before that time. And we certainly will find ourselves in judgment one day. We're going to find that we're going to stand, be standing before the Lord and, and we're going to have to give an answer for our life. Well, we think back to our, our lesson back in March and we found from 1 Corinthians chapter 15 that the sting of death is sin and the strength of sin is the law. And because of sin, this doesn't give us a very favorable light when we stand before the Lord on the day of judgment. But thankfully, through uh, Jesus Christ, we can have victory over this death. We can find ourselves that we can conquer death, and that we can stand before the day of Lord uh, in the day of the Lord. Uh, yes, guilty, but because of our obedience to Jesus Christ, we can find ourselves in good favor with God by His grace, and we can have a heavenly home someday. But today, we're going to be thinking a bit more. But what if we fail to achieve that victory? What if we ignore what that victory is and, and how to, to find our place there? What do we do about that? Well, that's where second death comes in. Well, what is second death? Revelation chapter 20, verse 14, gives us a very clear answer to that question. Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. Can't be any clearer than that, can we? Death and Hades cast into a lake of fire. A second death that people will see someday. To put it more in perspective, back up to verse 11. And let's look at it starting in verse 11 in, in Revelation 20. Then I saw a great white throne and Him who sat on it from whom face the earth and the heavens fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God, and the books were open, and another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the books. The sea gave up the dead who were in it, and the death and Hades delivered up the dead who were in them, and they were judged, each one, according to their works." And then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. So we find that there will be a day that we will be judged. As we found earlier from the Hebrew writer. We will stand before God. And we will, be fi we will find out at that time if we have achieved victory over death. As we have studied in 1 Corinthians 15. Well, we find a little bit more about the second death in Revelation 19 begin, uh, and in verse 20. It tells us there that then the beast was captured and with him the false prophet who worked signs in his presence by which he deceived those who received the mark of the beast and those who worshipped his image. These two were cast alive into the lake of fire burning with brimstone. This scripture tells us that the beast is going to be cast into the lake of fire. That false prophets and those deceived by them will go into the lake of fire. And today, indeed, today we have false prophets. We have false teachers that deceive other people. There are many people today being deceived by them. And because of this, if something didn't change in their lives, they'll find themselves in this lake of fire one day. 
there are many people who are de- attempting to deceive you. Constantly, people will want to deceive us. They have their own agenda. And we need to be careful of them. Many of these people are deceived themselves and they don't know better. But the Scriptures is very clear that these people will find themselves in the lake of fire. Revelation 20, verse 10 says that the devil who deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophets are and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. Alas, the devil, that's, that's going to be his final place. He's deceiving people and he certainly wants to deceive all of us. But in the last day, in the judgment time, he will find himself in that lake of fire. The question is this morning, Will we be dwelling in that lake of fire? Is that a place we want to be? I'm not saying this to scare us. I'm just saying this because this is what the Scripture tells us. And we need to examine that. And we, we know that we certainly don't want to be in a place such as this one day. This is not where we want to be during eternity. So we've got to do something to make sure that that's not the place we find ourselves. Well, we find also... In Revelation 21.8, we see a little bit of a list of those who will find themselves in the lake of fire one day. First of all, in Revelation 21, verse 8, we find that the cowardly will be in that lake of fire. The church was under great persecution in those days. There were people who were taken out and they were being whipped because they were Christians. There were those that were taken and they were put into prisons because they were Christians. There were those who were stoned to death because they were Christians. There were others who were put to death by some other means because of their Christianity. The church was being persecuted. And we've studied some in our uh, Corinthian class in just past weeks of how we are even being persecuted today. Maybe not by the same means but there's a persecution that we face also. We cannot be cowardly, but we've got to stand up for our faith, even through the trials and the tribulations that this world may give to us. 1 Peter 3, verse 15 tells us to, that we need to be ready to give an answer to anyone to ask of the hope that lies within us. We need to be a people that can stand up for our faith, a people that can tell others about our love for Jesus Christ. Tell others what they must do to be saved. And to let others know that this is what the Bible teaches. Derek, I appreciate the song. Indeed, we stand up, stand up for Jesus. That's what we must do. We've got to stand up for the Lord in our lives. And not let anything cause us to drift away. The cowardly will find themselves in the lake of fire. Along with the unbelieving, or some versions say the faithless which kind of falls even among the same line of thought. Although we can find that that there are people that are faithless to the point they don't even believe in God. There are people who say, well, I believe in a God, but I don't believe in Jesus Christ. There are others that say, well, yes, I believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, but I'm not really sure about all the things that this book says over here. And so they don't follow His authority. They're unbelieving. They're faithless. 
and don't follow the things that are taught to us from God's Word, these people can find themselves in the lake of fire. There also is, uh, John tells us in Revelation 21 verse 8, the abominable. There are abominable people out in this world today. I have known people, I have worked with people that the only thing that comes out of their mouth is vulgar words and vulgar thoughts and, and talk about vulgar things that they do. You try to share with them the message of Jesus Christ and they'll stop you very quickly and say, I have nothing to do with those things. There are people that are very much unbelieving also. And they care nothing and they have no respect for those that have that are Christians and care nothing about what we want to do and care nothing about the souls of other people. They don't even care about their own souls. They're abominable and they find themselves before God that way. The word literally means to turn away because of the stench, the abhorred. And these people find themselves in the lake of fire. Murderers. You know, there was a time when I'd preach and you'd come across one of these lists and they talk about murderers. I just want to kind of pass over that. I don't see any murderers out here. <laughs> I don't know anybody that, that would take the lives of others. But I get up every morning and we turn on the news and just about every morning, somewhere in the Nashville area, someone's life has been taken. There's someone out there taking the lives of others. And then I've been shocked a time or two. I've studied with someone or talked with someone and somehow this subject comes up. And they go, Brother Doug, there's a time that, yes, I really thought about killing somebody. I said, well, yeah, I've had some friends. I just want to kill them too, you know. No, I'm not talking about that. I literally wanted to kill them. Thankfully, they didn't. Brother Chad and I have been involved in the jail ministry. Sometimes you come across folks down there that have murdered and have taken the lives of others. That This is something that is a part of our society. Maybe more so in some places than others, but there are people out there that would and will take lives of other people. And if we do that without thought and without remorse and without repentance we'll find ourselves in the lake of fire. Those who are sexually immoral will find themselves in the lake of fire. That would be your fornicators, adulterers. The homosexuals will find themselves in a lake of fire someday. And in our society, in our culture, this is something that is commonplace. We have men and women living together outside the bonds of marriage. We have those who have been married multiple times and then... The, the phrase, until death do we part, means nothing to them. Until we have our first fight, that's when we'll part. And we'll, we'll just go on and we'll find another partner at that time, is all that they think about. And we have men that are living with men and women with women who are trying to have uh, the laws of our land set where that they could legally marry each other. This is a big part of our society, but John tells us very plainly in this verse that people who are sexually immoral will find themselves in the lake of fire. Sorcerers will find themselves in the lake of fire. And again, this, this is another one. I've never walked up to anybody that says, I'm a sorcerer. I, I can't ever think of anyone who's, who's ever said that. Uh, I, I guess it's possible, but I just can't remember that. But you know... Sorcery is talked about throughout the Old Testament. It's mentioned there in the New Testament, Acts chapter 8. 
You remember Simon the sorcerer? And he was to give up his sorcery. And, you know, he was wanting to buy that power of the Holy Spirit from Peter and John. You can't do that. But today, you know, we do have some things that you can uh, see advertisements from time to time. Or you look around about, you'll find someone that is a palm reader. Or they can tell about your life on the cards. Or they perform some kind of black magic and the psychic world and, and those kinds of things are all very much akin to this. So those things are out there and about in our world today and people that participate in these things will find themselves in the lake of fire. Idolaters will find themselves in the lake of fire. In our world today, there are those who are Buddhist and there are Hindus. But idolatry can even span even beyond that. There are people who idolize their material things in life. They idolize their automobile. They idolize that sports figure. They idolize that entertainer. And they, they follow after something or some person so much that God is in the background. God wants to be first in our lives. He demands to be first. And we cannot be those that idolize other gods. We cannot idolize other things that can become our gods. Or we can find ourselves in the lake of fire. And then there's liars. Seems like we hear more about that from this verse than all these other things. But again, that's another part of our, our society is people who are deceitful and, and are always deceiving Tricking others. It seems like today, if you watch any of our, our sitcoms that are on television, what, what's the plot? Well, it's usually about fooling somebody. We're, you know, we're just going to pull the wool over their eyes. We're, we're going to fool somebody, and, and it's going to be a big joke, and, and we'll deceive someone. It's all about that, it seems like, in our lives today, that we are deceiving others. Those that practice these kinds of things will find themselves in that lake of fire. But we'll go back to Revelation 20, verse 15. And we find one more category. John says, And anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. We must be found in that book of life when we stand before God in that day of judgment. Our name needs to be in that book if we're going to have the hope of eternal life. We look forward to that day. Your name needs to be on the list. You know, you go to a very fancy restaurant and, and you come in and the maitre d' says, well, uh, have you made a reservation? And you tell them your name and they look on that, your name isn't on that list. Out you go. <laughs> you don't get to stay. You get cast out. I remember uh, college days that it'd be the first day of class, especially in a large class. The, the professor would be up there and they'd have their computer list of, of all the students that were to be in that class during that uh, time. During a, We had quarters in those days at Lipscomb. And he'd go down that list and after he got through with that last name, is there anyone here today whose name I didn't call? And there'd be a few hands that would pop up. You didn't call my name. Sometimes maybe someone registered late and they had a little card and they, they can show them the card, you know. And, and I just got in late. You'll be on, you're updated. 
I'll be on the updated list and everything will be fine. But if they couldn't prove that, if they couldn't show that, you're not, you're not to be in this class. You didn't register for it. You can't be here. And thus it is with the book of life. Our name needs to be in that book. We're going to find ourselves in the day of judgment. We're not, on, we're not in that book. We'll be cast out. We'll be placed into that lake of fire. And it's something that we need to be aware of and be very concerned with. We'll say more about this book of life in just a moment. But there is some good news. Let's get that fire off the screen. And we go back to Revelation chapter 2 and read verses 8 through 11. And this is the Lord speaking to the church at Smyrna. The Lord says, And to the angel of the church in Smyrna write, These things says the first and the last who was dead and came to life. I know your works, tribulations, and poverty, but you are rich. And I know the blasphemy of those who say that they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. Do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison, that you may be tested, and you will have tribulation ten days. Be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And then it says, He who overcomes shall not be hurt by the second death. This particular church was told that they were going to face these persecutions. They were going to face these trials. That they'll be cast into prison. But if they'll be faithful unto death, they'll receive the crown of life. Those that will overcome shall not be hurt by the second death. Isn't that wonderful? There is a hope out there. We must need to hang in there and we just need to stand firm and to stand strong against the things that the devil throws at us in this life. But we also must have the victory through Jesus Christ. And that is we must respond to His death, burial, and resurrection. Have we done that? If we have responded to His death, burial, and resurrection, we have died with Him that we can come forth in newness of life. But first, we've got to believe it. We must believe that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. We must believe that He was resurrected from the dead, that we can also be resurrected from the dead, that we don't have to face that second death. We've got to believe it. And then after we believe, we must put our sins aside. Luke 13 verse 3 says, Unless you repent, you shall all likewise perish. If we can put our sins aside, whatever they may be, anything that was on that list, and and of course there's other things that the Scripture tells us that we shouldn't do either that are sinful in the sight of God. We put those things aside and we change our life. Then we can find ourselves having victory through Jesus. You know, that's what we talked about in 2 Corinthians this morning. We went back to that man in 1 Corinthians 5 who was having that relationship with his stepmother. And here, apparently, from what we read in the Scriptures, in in 2 Corinthians 2, he had repented of that. And the church was told to forgive him and to comfort him. 
and renew their love toward Him. Well, that's God's attitude. And we can find ourselves before God where we have repented and we can find ourselves as people who have victory over death. And then as we confess the sweet name of Jesus, we must experience that death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 6, verse 4 tells us that when we are baptized into Christ, when we go down in this watery grave and we come up out of the water, we come up in newness of life. Our life has become anew. We have found ourselves now in that book of life. We found ourselves clean of all the sins that might be in our lives. And we can have that heavenly home. That is what puts you in that book of life. And this will help us avoid that second death. Now the question is, are you in the book of life? We'd love to have you to be a part of that book. If, if, you're not, if your name is not in that book, you need to be sure that your name is in that book. And this is the time to take care of that even today. You know, our young people are about to go off to camp and many moms and dads are going to be going off to camp today. Might be someone thinking, you know, my name isn't in that book of life and maybe sometime this week I'm going to take care of that. Well, let me tell you, don't, don't worry about it this week. Let's take care of it this morning. Let's take care of it even today. True story. I, you know, church camp came for us between my junior and senior year in high school. I didn't get to go to camp. I had a job. Didn't get to go. But my day off was Thursday. So I thought I'd join my friends at church camp. It was a camp over near Clarksville. And I headed over that way Thursday morning. And got on the road to the camp, and my right passenger tire blew out. And before I could think, and before I could even control the car, off the embankment I went. Thankfully, I got out with some bumps and bruises. The car was totaled. But you know, if, if it had taken my life, I was ready. I had already put the Lord on in baptism a year before that, and I was ready to go. And that's what we all need to do. We, we just can't count on, well, I've got another day or two, or I've got a whole lifetime ahead of me. We don't know what life's going to bring us in the next hour. And so we need to be ready. We need to be prepared. So if you're not in the book of life and you'd like to be, won't you come now as we stand and sing?